There aren't many faces people are excited to see first thing in the morning before they've even had their coffee. But the McDonald's drive through workers who take your order on the way to work have almost all of those faces. Because nothing brings more joy in the morning than a 99 cents any size iced coffee. Pair it with a glazed full apart donut for a truly great morning. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Only available until 11 a.m. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the WIM Podcast. Women in Influencer Marketing, or WIM for short, is a first-of-its-kind exclusive networking group made up of inspirational women. This podcast is where we explore influencer marketing, advertising trends, and get real about women in business. Our mission is to network, to foster leaders within this exciting industry, and to share information to make our work stronger. That's where this podcast comes in. We'll bring you fresh perspectives on timely topics facing the industry from expert voices in the space. Find us wherever you download podcasts. And of course, you can always find us at IamWim.com. That's IamWim.com. Hey guys, just wanted to jump in and remind you that uh, we have our Make Us Richer series coming up in the next couple of weeks, July 1st. Um, the first up in the series is Dixie Roberts, who's the VP of Digital Strategy at Hangar 4, formerly DKC, which is a huge PR firm you guys have probably heard of. Um, she was on last week's episode of the podcast. Uh, you'll listen, you'll fall in love with her just as much as I have over the years. Um, she is incredibly articulate and really, really smart about this area. Like she is an expert in new business pitching. She's been doing it pretty much every day, all day for many, many years so she's perfected her craft and wants to give back to our members and teach you all about what she's learned and what's been successful for her so check it out you will not want to miss it uh you can get a ticket at iamwim.com slash rsvp you'll see all of the events that we've got scheduled but this is the upcoming one um check it out go ahead and like reimburse your ticket through your company um or if not just go ahead and consider it a great investment in yourself or your business i promise promise you, you will leave and say this was like the best $20 investment you've done in a while. Um, Iamwim.com slash RSVP. All right, let's jump into this week's episode. Ariadna Jacob is founder and CEO of Influences, one of the top talent management companies for influencers, creators, and TikTok stars. Ari is a millennial entrepreneur and digital marketing guru with over 15 years of experience who grew up making videos on YouTube and coding at a young age. As the influencer market exploded, she moved into Influencer Hub 1600 Vine Street in LA. Immersed among them, she soon realized that these young overnight celebs were undervalued and brands weren't sure how to leverage them and their networks, which led to the creation of influences. She's equal parts mama bear and manager and has been dubbed the influencer whisperer by countless industry executives. Prior to founding Influences, Ari spent six years as the owner of event marketing startup Red Rope Reviews, where she consulted with venues and brands to determine the best solutions for their social marketing needs. With a genius for spotting talent, an insatiable tenacity, and a gift for relationship building, Ari's database and circle soon included everyone from major brand CMOs to celebrities to hoteliers, publicists, and nightlife destination owners. In just a few short months, she's built influences to become the one of the top management companies for viral TikTok stars, possessing an impressive roster that boasts about 150 million collective followers on the increasingly popular platform. 
Ari attended San Diego State University. She currently resides in Los Angeles. Welcome to the podcast, Ari. Ari, I'm so happy to have you on today. This is long overdue, and <laughs> um, I'm just super excited. How are you, first and foremost? I'm doing good. Thank you very much for having me on. When I found out that this was that this existed, I thought it was so awesome, and uh, yeah, I'm really excited to be talking to you. And even the other day when we were on the call with um, some of your colleagues, that was really awesome as well. So thank you for starting this. Yeah. Thank you for being a great member. And now you're (laughs) part of the Facebook group and you'll be able to meet so many other incredible women just like you. Um, I'm excited for everyone to meet you today though. Um, So Ari, you are so involved in the TikTok space. Um, We heard a little bit about you and your background in the intro to this episode, but tell everyone listening a little bit more about you and not only how you found your way to working with influencers, but like, how did you find yourself so heavily, um, so heavily involved in the TikTok space? I guess I've been working in social media and just obsessed with it and uh, with the concept of influence um, for many, many years, ever since probably even like before YouTube, I was making videos back when, you know, I was a kid and I would ask my parents to buy me bandwidth on the internet before you could upload on YouTube. And so I've kind of always been a tech nerd. And so I think it's one of those, uh, examples of like the 10,000 hours that nobody sees. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, this is, you know, the biggest person or the, the, the most connected person on TikTok right now or however you want to say it, you know, but it's really um, because of, of a long time of being in this space. Yeah. So I was just in technology super early. And so I think it, you notice patterns and I happen to be uh, around when you know, this TikTok pattern started to, to really pick up. But um, yeah, I was obsessed with technology. I spent hours building and creating content before the, uh, any of the current social media platforms. And, you know, I worked in um, entertainment at some level. After college, uh, I was working in the nightlife uh, scene in San Diego. And I worked a lot on social media marketing and I was surrounded with a lot of entertainers, athletes, uh, celebrities, you name it. And I cultivated a lot of relationships in that space that eventually brought me to LA. Um, and once I got to LA, I just, I really um, leaned into a lot of the creators that at the time were really big on Vine um, and kind of uh, now, and then also too, I worked in marketing. so. For a couple of years, I worked for um, a digital agency and worked on the digital agency side. So yeah, all those things kind of came together in perfect storm when TikTok blew up. The, the, the very first thing that got me into TikTok was that I was working for a kombucha company and uh, actually I wasn't working for them. I was putting together a pitch to work with them on social media uh, consulting. They were sort of a very well-known big kombucha brand that wanted to revamp and a- appeal to a more Gen Z millennial audience. And 
in my research for kombucha, because I had never really even had kombucha, you know, I uh, was online searching like social media kombucha or social media stars, influencers, kombucha. And it just so happened that three days before this video had gone viral on Twitter and it was this girl tasting kombucha for the first time making like a yuck face and then like, a, oh, maybe face and then like, oh, no, I don't like it face. And that became it actually ended up becoming the biggest meme, I think, of 2019. And that video was reposted to Twitter from TikTok. And um, I reached out to the girl that made that video. And, you know, she was living in Texas and, you know, working at a bank. And she did not, you know, she's like, I've, I've been posting these types of videos on my Snapchat for a long time. And I just, trans, you know, I started posting on TikTok and they started blowing up and people think I'm funny. And so I really liked her. And initially I was just like, well, you know, how do you, how do you feel about working with a kombucha brand? She's like, honestly, like, I don't even really like kombucha, but I'm obviously like, I would love to like, you know, make money from it and potentially like get more involved in the social media space. So I called uh, the potential client and I said, you know, I have this girl, you know, this is, this is really tapping into culture. I mean, like, I know I got you the best thing since kombucha, you know, to ever hit the internet. And I was really surprised because what they came back with was, oh, you know, she's really not on brand for us and, um, you know, thanks, but no thanks kind of thing. And my thought immediately was like, I, can, I can't work for this company at least not right now because they don't get it and it will take so much of my time to convince those higher ups that this is the thing to go with then you know then it's really worth and so i doubled down on that talent and ended up um starting a uh management company for creators and she was my first client and within a month i mean i didn't even expect it but she had blown up tremendously she had really hit this like home run with um being relatable and funny and um really i think got people interested in what tiktok was which is not your typical view of an influencer perhaps like on instagram everybody's so perfect and you know i'd worked in the past with a lot of like bachelor people and that type of um co content creator which is you know posting a lot of direct response marketing, which is like swipe up and this is how you use this. And with this creator that I had brought on, um, every single ad that we did with some really big fortune 500 companies was, it didn't feel like an ad. You would watch it and people would be like, Oh my gosh, that was a brand deal. Like that's crazy. You know? So, um, you know, it was really, really cool. And, and it opened a lot of doors for, uh, working with other TikTok creators because once I kind of opened my eyes to TikTok and I went on there and started realizing how many like really um, talented people were on TikTok and didn't have anybody representing them, didn't have, you know, we're taking deals for like a hundred bucks with, you know, millions of followers. I'm like, Hey, I think I can help in this space and use some of my marketing knowledge um, as well as, my ability to work with content creators and understand them because I sort of used to be one of them um, when I was younger and it sort of just came together in this company. And I, I actually bought influences.com back in 2013 and I had started, um, I actually uh, created my Instagram initially it was just like my personal Instagram and I would like post 
content of like marketing and that type of thing. And so when I acquired influences, the handle, I just like switched my personal because it had more followers. So I switched my personal one to my like company one. But I think what it did was when I talked to creators, they went on my Instagram and they saw like, oh, she's, you know, she's friends with Amanda Cerny. Like she's friends with um, Gary Vee. Like she, I had all these pictures that kind of validated who I was and it created some trust. And so I think that that also helped, you know, so then a lot of creators were, were hitting me up. And then, um, you know, we, we, we picked up a couple really great talents. Um, Drea, Drea Okiki or Drea Knows Best was one of them um, right after we worked with the, the kombucha girl. And, um, and then following that was just um, a lot of great creators reaching out to us. And we tried, you know, I wanted to keep it sort of small because at that time it was just me, a couple other people that were working together. Um, and then I went out to um, New York to meet with Barstool Sports and, um, and a creator. And we happened to be in New York and I'm like, we have to go see Gary Vee's team because these are people that, you know, I met Gary Vee in 2009 and, you know, him and his whole family of um, basically colleagues have become some of my best friends. So I was like, you know, the creator I was with was like, oh, I don't even really know if I like Gary. I'm like, you're coming with me. I don't care. Like, this is a great person for you to know. And, um, you know, at that meeting, we were just talking about TikTok and sort of where it was going. This was like, I think in November of 2019. And they, I had been talking about um, Charlie D'Amelio, a girl named Charlie D'Amelio that I had checked out on TikTok that I thought would, that was going to blow up. And it was really funny because um, somebody on Gary's team was like, oh, Gary, is about to interview her. And I'm like, Oh, I would love to speak with them. And he's like, Oh, let me connect you with her parents. Like, you know, they live in Connecticut, all this stuff. So, uh, they put us in touch and, um, and we started working with her and Dixie. Um, and, uh, and then I think fast forward to like around the time when, uh, I think Instascate had, uh, or Instagram had a party called Instascate, like for the holidays. And, that was the moment where I really knew TikTok was going to take over because I was talking to somebody at, at Instagram and they were kind of like, Oh yeah, you know, Charlie can have a, a plus one. And, and I was like, well, I have to come with her because she, her parents aren't here. And, and I want to, I wanted to bring someone else on my team almost to act like a security guard. And, and, you know, I kind of had to ask for permission to get more tickets for, for Charlie. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I don't think they realize like how, big she is, you know, and, and I think, I mean, there was a inkling of how big she was, but, um, but of course they let us come and everything. And, and we, we came a little bit late, but the minute that Charlie walked in, it was like every single huge Instagram creator was there and everybody just swarmed to Charlie. Like it, it was like JLo walked in the room. I mean, it, it was crazy. And I think, um, and Dixie as well, you know, and I think that was the moment where everyone realized like, wow, this is, this is going to be really big. I'm sure, I'm sure Instagram realized it as well because, you know, typically the people that are getting the most attention at those things are the people that have, are kind of like the OGs. And I realized that TikTok was just a different culture as well. Um, one of the creators that we brought on early, like came out to LA and I was kind of like trying to, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to show them that we were connected and that we could, you know, help them collaborate with other creators. And I brought them over to meet, um, 
you know, more of an OG, like a really big Instagram, YouTube, Viner. And, you know, they were really happy to meet that person. But when it, when she posted a video with that content creator, she got so much hate on the comments that were like, why are you collabing with this person? Like, you know, don't, don't, don't do it. Like, don't go that route. And I just realized that the audience on TikTok was just so different. Um, they didn't, they weren't really leaning into the same sort of like slapstick comedy as YouTube and uh, the Instagram videos that, you know, were a lot of like skits, skit based stuff. Like that wasn't hitting on TikTok. And um, yeah, it was just, it was like a new generation was formed. So that was um, from a high level, I guess, everything I noticed at that time. There's so much there that I want to follow up and ask you so many questions on the main thing. Like one of the main things that I think is the coolest uh, part of that story is that you have such a diverse background and I'm really impressed that you have the self-awareness to say like, sure, I'm like really heavy into TikTok right now, but like that's not just because I woke up yesterday and was like, TikTok seems cool. Let me get into this. Like you, it sounds like you've worked your butt off in a lot of different capacities and like networked your way and like really just listened and trusted your gut as a, as a woman in business to sort of like find, um, good talent and wherever they live. Um, and like that kombucha story is pretty cool, right? It's like you saw something (laughs) that somebody else didn't see. Um, and to be able to like have the, the balls to go ahead and explore that um, and just trusting your gut to say that like it sounds like to me this feels like there's something worth exploring whether it's like the next big thing like I would never say that you would assume that you could predict that I know I could right. predict that right but like there's something here let's explore it. and so like that's like brave that's ballsy like that's that's a really incredible quality to have um, and I, I sort of see I've seen that like throughout your your story and so like that takes you to where you are today I love that you're a fellow like tech nerd um, I love that because I'm like influences that's a great name how did you get that URL? <laughs> so, so cool that you're just like, you know, grabbing up URLs um, back <laughs> in 2013, um, just saying like, there will be value here someday. Just thinking like a boss, like thinking that it's there, where is the value? What can I build to create um, my future? And maybe you don't know what it was going to bring you in 2013. I doubt you did. Um, but here you are today, have that as a handle, has that as a, a URL, um, had the foresight to combine your personal one with your work one. And um, it sounds like you're really in it now. So, you know, for those people who are listening though, um, and really, you know, want to get intermingled in this, in that world, um, whether it's TikTok or, um, or, you know, any other platform, but just like be rubbing shoulders with people that they respect. What are some of the, what's some advice that you would give to some of the women listening about, um, how you would do it if you could do it again? Uh, just in terms of the management company, I guess, um, I would say that, you know, there's a lot of ways that things have been done, I think, in entertainment. But I'm one of those people that believes that, you know, you just, it's not a carbon copy of enter- the entertainment business. You know what I mean? I think a lot of this is, it is, it's entertainment 
mixed with like content creators and uh, they create their own and produce their own content and distribute their own content. Like there's, it's so different, I guess I would say. So if anybody feels like they need to go outside of the box with like the way that they're thinking, like don't be like pushed into thinking that you have to think a certain way in order to be in this industry because you don't like this is this industry is being created right now and we have to work together as an industry to to figure out like what are the industry standards like what are like how how do you go about helping the creators first and then also making sure that the brands um get value from working with the creators right so um i guess when i first started i just the biggest, I guess, piece of advice is just to trust your gut and um, to not really get bullied by potentially people that might consider you competition or might not have exactly the same perspective as you have. I mean, I think that there's so many big companies and agencies that have existed for so long. It doesn't necessarily mean that they have, I guess, the credibility in the space of like somebody like a, um, at least to understand it, right. Uh, as like a Gary V or I don't know, does that kind of make sense? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It makes sense. And you know, what I think is cool is that, um, you, you seem to sort of march to the beat of your own drum. Um, I've also like, I look at you and, um, I can mark down a whole lot of areas that seem like you know, you're like the it girl right now. Like you're representing TikTok talent, which is like, prime time talent that everyone's going after. You've got this, you know, great brand. You're connected to cool people, like for all intents and purposes, like that's really impressive. But what I hear is a woman who's like super humble um, and who, you know, recounts like a lot of hard work and a lot of... Duncan has what you need to conquer the day. So if you want to go from, I don't got this to, I got this... Well, then get this, a bold, smooth espresso drink from Dunkin', like a layered velvety caramel macchiato, a rich chocolatey mocha latte, or a creamy non-dairy oat milk latte, because this day isn't going to conquer itself. No, you're going to do that. Take a sip of You Got This with Dunkin' Espresso Drinks. Order ahead on the app plus earn rewards. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Charles didn't have just any coronary artery disease. He had Charles's coronary artery disease. Michelle didn't have just any heart attack. She had Michelle's heart attack. At VCU Health Poly Heart Center, we know every heart is unique. And as Virginia's only nationally ranked heart program, we'll keep them beating healthy and strong. VCU Health Poly Heart Center. Learn more at vcuhealth.org slash heart. Um a lot of thought that's gone into where you are today. And what I personally admire about that philosophy is that means that like, you won't stop here. (laughs) This is like, this is also like not going to be the top for you. And so there's so many more places that you can go. I think what's cool too is like just knowing um, your value. I think that's like something, you know, you come from the world of entertainment. We, we, I do as well. Um, And there's such like, very old school thinking in that world. Um, and God, like, do you feel like you've had to like unlearn a lot of things? I mean, honestly, like I think that what gives my company and, um, 
probably me a little bit of an edge is that like we weren't trained uh, professionally in at any capacity uh, for like the entertainment space or like I used to be I used to go I was at San Diego State I dropped out my junior year but I was uh I was taking a class, a web design class, and I would never show up to class. And my teacher was like, why don't you ever come to class? Like, you're super talented. Um, you're going to get an A, but if you don't come in, you're going to fail. And I'm like, well, I already, just, I already know how to do this. And it's like really boring to me, like just to sit in class and like, no offense, you know, but he's like, okay, well, why don't you come in and, and like, um, you know, and, and build a website and uh, I'll, you know, I'll give you a topic and you build a website and turn it in at the end of the semester. And it was really interesting because I remember like at their, our final review, he told me, he's like, who taught you how to like build websites and do Photoshop and stuff? And I was like, I just taught myself, like I would watch videos, I would watch YouTube videos and I would like hyper-focus on things that were interesting to me. Um, and he was like, it's really interesting because, because you weren't taught like the cookie cutter way of like doing things, not to say that like, you know, most like that that's a bad way of doing it but like because you were taught that like your mind works in such a more creative way and i think like in business it it, it translates to business right because if you if you're learning a lot about an industry and like you know even in this industry like contracts and you know certain laws and um just the intricacies of working with like young people and like knowing that you can't just put a contract in front of them that like sounds off to them, even though if, if it's, you know, very standard terms, like some of the kids that, you know, we've read a contract to and, and they, the, the term exploit, like it sounds off to them, you know, but exploit is a term like you were allowed to exploit your name and like this, or, you know, in, in a contract with the brand or whatever, and it just sounds off to them. So you have to learn all these things, not just about the industry, like from scratch, but you also have to, um, you know, maneuver everything to fit in, in what we're doing, which is very different. And it hasn't really hasn't been done before. There's no, um, you know, I guess there's not like a standard way to do it because everybody's been trying to figure it out. But, uh, so yeah, I mean, in some aspects, I think, uh, I'm learning from like a lot of different, uh, angles, what like the entertainment world considers, um, the way things are supposed to be done, but also, um, you know, when I work with brands and stuff, like I've been working with brands longer than I've been working with like traditional agencies, um, like, enter like entertainment, you know, like the big four or whatever they call them. Like I've been working with like, you know, the Omnicom agencies and, and the social media agencies for much longer than I've been working with those other guys. So, you know, it's just a bunch of different worlds colliding. And so somebody has to forge like the new, the new way. And, and, and sometimes doing that is not the most popular thing. So as a woman, like you have to, you know, it's, it's, it can be challenging, but I think, I mean, it could be challenging for anything, but I think especially, um, as a female. Um, so yeah. And can we dig into that a little bit more? Cause like <laughs> that is so much of what women is about. And, you know, these are topics of conversation that I think need to be talked about much, much, much more. Um, so let's, let's dig into that a little bit, you know, what, um, what's been your experience like as a woman in this industry and, um, how have certain things held you back and, um, how has that maybe, uh, pushed you forward in other, t in other times? 
I think that it's, it's really important for women to support each other and at least like listen to each other. And I know it's like kind of cliche to say like lean in to other women, but like, you know, in the entertainment space, it, there's so much competition and especially with like TikTok, it became so cutthroat. Um, and, you know, I don't want to make a, a generalization, but like just for me personally, I'm a little bit more emotional than like what I would consider a, a man to be. And I genuinely care about the talent that I work with. So um, I think first and foremost, like the biggest thing that I led with um, in this company was just that it was going to be a kindness first management company for creators that was started by marketers. And I think that the kindness first part is like so important because um, I would leave money on the table if it meant not taking, um, I guess, a stance that would like, you know, go against my beliefs or that would uh, be something where, you know, somebody got screwed over or that, the you know, I, I just think that integrity is so important and like nobody can take that away from me. Like, I don't know if anybody's been following like the, the call her daddy stuff, but like even like Dave Portnoy and I really admire like Erica Nardini and, um, you know, other women entrepreneurs that I've met throughout like this um, new stint in, in TikTok and this part of social media. But like, um, I just think that like, you know, whatever rumors you may hear about certain people, it's like, don't make any assumptions about anyone until you actually get to know them. And like, if there is something that like you've heard about someone in, in the industry, like, like the best thing to do, I would say is just be direct and like bring it up because there's so, you know, in this industry, if you're leading it and if you're doing, if you're doing well, there's, there's going to be other people that are going to try to shortcut um, building the trust with either the creators or the brands by essentially trying to like badmouth you or trying to find something that like, you know, somebody could, could see a certain way. And, um, and it's just like, I think that the very first thing is like have enough respect for other women to at least like, you know, bring it up to them because um, we need to be each other's like teammates. You know, there's enough in this space to go around hundred um, percent. You're going to have people that you compete with that, hopefully you have a good enough relationship with that sometimes you can actually partner with, or sometimes you can actually um, benefit from um, working with them at some capacity. Right. So um, yeah, I just think that that's, that's the part that I've learned a lot because, you know, in the entertainment space, it's just a little more cutthroat than what I was used to like living in San Diego, working with like brands and, and stuff like that, you know? One, yeah, 100%. And, you know, first and foremost, I just want to say, I never think that being emotional is a bad thing. I feel like it has this like bad connotation, like even back when like Hillary Clinton was running for president and like she cried a few times and people saw that as such a, you know, these moments of weakness. Um, I think that's, I personally just, I think that some things that are uniquely feminine um, are actually really strong attributes. Um, so I just kind of want to touch on that because um, you're like, oh, you know, sometimes I'm emotional. And I'm like, I hope she's not <laughs> looking at that as a, as a negative. Um, I actually think that means that, well, a lot of positive things, but one in particular is that you're just like a lot more in touch and like in tune. Um, and like, that's a blessing to be able to have that ability. Um, so, you know, that's one thing. Um, you know, the other thing that's super interesting is just, you know, 
look, there's been a lot of talk. We're recording this uh, the beginning mm-hmm. of June. And there's a, you know, a lot of sensitive topics out there right now um, and people, you know, shutting each other down and, you know, trying to educate others. A lot of people are approaching it from a positive way, but, you know, everybody has their own way of communicating um, and trying to connect with people. Um, you know, some people, and I'm specifically talking about, you know, um, the the Black Lives Matter movement right now, just to be super clear. Um, you know, there are a lot of people who I think that there could be two people um, in a room together who actually have, they are much more similar than different, yet they're still not communicating and they're still not able to get on the same page for some reason. And for all intents and purposes from the outside, it actually seems combative or it seems like they're, you know, they're not on the same page. And, you know, I, I talk about that now because it's just so timely um, and I, and I see it and I don't know my approach in general, whether it's, you know, a race thing, a gender thing, you know, some sort of, uh, some sort of um, moment when, you know, there's a connection that's not happening. I, my approach has always been um, to just find where you're, where there's alignment and just like dive right into that. Because I feel like from uh, that, whenever you can find alignment, there's more alignment to be found. Um, And so when I hear from you, obviously, look, WIM is like based on um, elevating women, um, and, you know, giving a platform to um, the most incredible women I've met ever have been members of this group and to be able to provide a platform for them um, to be able to speak their minds and share their beliefs and their experiences and what have you. I think that like the more exposure we have, the more that like we see that these things are possible. Um you know, I, I think that I hope <laughs> that by women hearing your story and hearing how, you know, you're in this incredible position today um, and it's been because uh, you've been able to, you know, support other women yourself and that you put yourself out there and, you know, you, there's, a, there's a level of vulnerability that is part of that that is certainly not easy to do or to, to act on or to, you know, put yourself out there. Um, it, it's just a great example. And I think that I, I personally really appreciate that. Um, it's really refreshing <laughs> to hear. And so, you know, one, one thing that I've heard this last week um, in particular is like lead by example and, you know, don't, and and don't be lazy about it, you know, like really be proactive about things and attack them and, you know, educate yourself and, you know, be, be an example, be the change yourself. And so I love these ideas that, you know, you're putting out there, which is like the importance of, um, of joining forces with other incredible women and supporting each other. Um, what like I I don't know I'm an eternal op like an eternal optimist and you yeah know, we can talk about the negative experiences too and there is certainly value to talking about those but let's just give a second to some of the positive experiences that you have I'm sure you've had women I hope that you've had women yeah. who have lifted you up and have given you a chance well, and karma is such a real thing like it's actually just so crazy like. Um, my colleagues and I were talking about it the other day just because there's um, there's definitely like a group of us that have done business endeavors together like ever since I was 18. I'm 36 
right now. And um, some of the people that work with me, I've known since I was 18 and we've, we were working on projects together back then. And so um, I think that like, you know, it, sometimes things won't work out when you're, when you're, um, you know, g getting into business uh, with, with somebody. But I think as long as you, um, you know, you, you have integrity and, and you just own up for the things that you may have, you know, messed up that people are much more open to like understanding having empathy because nobody's perfect, you know? And I think that, um, it's been just like, it, so for example, right now, um, one of my advisors is, um, this lady named Laura Palace and she owns a company named, called Palace Management. She's, I think, been in the industry for like 40 years. She was in the movie Evita. Um, she was like Madonna's sister or something in the movie. And she represents Alicia Bowe, who's in 13 Reasons Why. And I met her two years ago, two or three years ago, um, when I had met this girl, um, Angelique. And I had met her and I'm like, oh my gosh, her voice is incredible. Like just her whole everything about her. I'm like, she's awesome. Like she's, she's going to make it. She's going to be a star. And uh, her mom, they had had some, you know, prior um, bad experiences with, with the manager. Um, and basically, you know, she, her mom was like, can you help her with like the branding side and working with brands? But I knew that ultimately what she wanted was to be a musician. And I really had, I mean, I have connections in that space, but I had never developed a musician or an artist. And so I was a little hesitant to like jump in and be like, Oh, I'll manage her. Even though I wanted to, you know, I wanted like, cause you know, when you see somebody that, you know, you could help, um, that, that's going to be amazing. But like, I just didn't want to hold her back obviously, but I stayed really good friends with them. And when they finally found a manager, it was Laura palace. And I remember having, um, lunch with her and, and Laura like thought I was all over the place. Like she was like, honey, like she has a British accent and, um, you know, she's, um, more kind of like strict. I would, I saw her like being strict in her ways and, and we kind of like, we, we, I could tell she wanted to help me, but she also was like, this girl beats to a beat of her own drum. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to like, you know, make much impact, but I definitely listened to the, the constructive, um, ideas that, you know, Laura put in front of me. And, um, and anyway, fast forward to like now, I reached back out to her and I'm like, Hey, you know, I think I'm a little bit less sort of like reactive and a little more focused. And I have, you know, the right people in place. Now I have a foundation, you know, I could really use somebody that could give me advice about some of the creators that I'm working with on TikTok that want to go into an acting role or, you know, uh, want to be musicians and, um, you know, helping them in that space, which, which I think takes a lot longer to, um, to earn a living from like, so the brand deals are something that come first, but, um, building the personal brand of the creator is something that we're really good at as well. Um, so anyway, she was like, yeah, who, you know, let's start off with one or two people. And then, you know, I looped her into a lot of the, like, we have like a, a company, uh, telegram chats, like different ones. And so I looped her in the telegram chats and, and, um, she actually started really leaning into me and she's like, you know, Ari, she told me the other day, she's like, you know, Ari, I really like you. <laughs> it was like the first time that I ever like really heard her say that. Cause at first I'm like, I don't think she likes me very much, but I don't, you know, I was kind of, we weren't super aligned with, with what, with the way that we, that I went about things. But I think that she saw 
that I had good intentions and that I really was able to, I mean, I came to her and I was like, Hey, I signed 75 people. I think we have a good, you know, machine rolling, but I want to be able to give these people more support from, from somebody that, you know, she's like, how the heck did you, did you sign 75 people? And she's like, are they happy? You know, I'm like, well, they're happy right now, but I don't want them to be unhappy. And she's like, okay. So then, you know, she saw who I, I brought on and it was all very different creators. And, um, you know, anybody that, that sees talent, I mean, like, you know, I had gone, one of the reasons why I knew she was good people is not only because of what ended up happening with Angelique, she ended up signing to a label and she's grown tremendously um, just and how much work it, that took um, to get Angelique there. Um, and it, basically I had gone to a birthday party that Laura had and she had, um, she represents a low mama, you know, the girls like my lip gloss is popping and like just all oh, these yeah. people. <laughs> and she had a whole table full at a restaurant with like, floral arrangements that looked like they cost like about a thousand dollars each. I mean, the whole place was full of them. And, and she's like, you know, some people I worked with for 10 years and, and, you know, and it's just seeing that I was like, that's what I want. You know, I want, I want my clients to be with me for the long haul and, and not necessarily for me to manage all of them. Like I want to bring and vet out really good people that can be working with these people individually because obviously like you can't build a business at scale if you're the, if you can't, you know, if you can't have other people that you, um, that you build trust with the talent. Um, but that was one of the things that, you know, inspired me, I guess, is because she was, um, she had that type of loyalty and, you know, in the recent months, like I've asked her like, Hey, has there any been anyone to leave you? And she's like, of course, you know, people leave and sometimes it's really unfair and it's like, it definitely hurts, you know, when, when, when you feel like, you've done amazing things for somebody, but I think that's like a very common thing. Like I, every manager that I've talked to that's been in the space for a long time, like what probably has a story, you know, of, of somebody like that. So I think that you can't, and you know, from like the different people that I've worked with, um, you know, it, it's, uh, what I, the, the advice I've gotten is just like, Hey, you just, you want to work with people that want to work with you. You know, it doesn't matter you know, what you've done to them. And, and if you have your contract straight, then, you know, you, you'll get compensated for the, for the work that you've invested, but to like, let that eat you up inside and make you upset. It's just not worth it. There's so many other creators that would like die to work with people on my team and probably Laura Palace and some of the other managers that it's like, it's just not worth the negative energy. It's like, just keep it moving, keep it positive, you know? Yeah. And you know, I, one of my first, um, one of the first women, um, that I worked with who like headed the department that I, um, I worked for, um, you know, she, I remember her very clearly saying to me, like talent always leaves talent, like maybe not. Okay. Talent will, talent will leave. Like there will be that talent that, that does leave. Absolutely. Um, and she, um, and I think she said that before my first client left me, which was, um, probably maybe like three or maybe even four years after we first started working together. Um, and that is a topic that I would just like to dive into a little bit. Um, we actually just had the other day um, a, ta a talent manager only talk in whim. Only talent managers or talent agents could be on this call. And we were talking about like very specific 
uh, issues that come up in, in this world. Um, mm-hmm. And oh my God, the idea, especially if you're working with talent on social, um, uh, most of the time you, a lot of people are cultivating that talent and developing them from the very beginning. And like being the incredible women that we are, we do have an emotional attachment to a lot of these people. I mean, how could you not though? I mean, you're like, you're, you're helping them and you're working so closely together to build them and to, and to improve them and to um, just make them amazing. Um, and yeah, I was, given that word of wisdom, which is, you know, talent will always leave. And like, just knowing that helped me through some difficult. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. There aren't many faces people are excited to see first thing in the morning before they've even had their coffee. But the McDonald's drive through workers who take your order on the way to work have almost all of those faces. Because nothing brings more joy in the morning than a 99 cents any size iced coffee. Pair it with a glazed full apart donut for a truly great morning. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Only available until 11 a.m. Times when talent did leave. Um... But, you know, yeah, of course you want to, it's a, I would assume it's a source of pride when you have talent, you can say, and you have had talent for years because of the loyalty that that implies and the relationship that that implies. But of course there is a balance between that relationship and the fact that this is business also. Um, And that is a really difficult thing to wrap your head around, Um, especially I'll just call it for like as a woman, um, because, you know, you you want to embrace all of these like feminine qualities about ourselves that we do get emotionally attached but like i i don't know i i i will speak personally to say like i also want to be a kick-ass woman in business and like be successful in that capacity of my life as well so you know how have you navigated that like what has that experience been like for you and maybe what advice would you give to others listening about how to navigate it if it comes up I think that from a brand perspective, like I, there has been um, a couple situations where I had cultivated, you know, relationships, um, you know, that, that essentially when we were, when we had our email address, for example, influences.com on some of the the biggest TikTokers in the world, um, and the New York Times article came out in January, all of a sudden, a lot of people that that knew me, that knew I had a good um, reputation, and that had personally worked with me, they hit me up. Right? They're like, "Oh my gosh, you're congrats! You're working with these TikTokers. Like, can we have a meeting?" And um, I I had met with one um, music executive, and she was introduced to me by some former clients um, that were actually in Team Ten. And uh, they work at Universal now. And so um, that was like a cool karma moment as well, right? Because like they were like, oh, it's so cool that you're the one, you know, we wanted to work with these TikTokers and we saw that they had your email up, like it just made us smile and we wanted to 
have you come in and, and meet with our boss. And so I meet with um, this very uh, powerful person in the music industry. And she was just like, so cool. And she's like, what can we do? Like, let's talk about some things. And, um, you know, when, when I was about to bring that opportunity um, to the talent, um, someone that I was working with basically went around me and, and kind of blew up the deal. And I was kind of like, you know, I was in, I was embarrassed about it, but I also like knew I hadn't like done anything to like, it wasn't anything that I could have changed or anything that I did personally, you know what I'm saying? So I was just like, okay, this person, this, this executive is probably not going to work with me. Like I was so excited to work with her and I really like looked up to her and, um, she actually had introduced me to, um, my attorney now who I work with Ed Shapiro, um, at Reed Smith, um, who represents like Rihanna and Jay-Z and rock nation and Kevin Durant. And like, that was like such a huge moment that like when I called, um, Ed, he was like this person, you know, the, the executive had called him and said, Hey, Ari's the girl. Like she, she's at the epicenter of this. Like, you got to rep, rep her. Like he, he represented me in a way that was um, like how you represent like an artist that you feel like is going to blow up. And, you know, we're all of a sudden getting a chance to work with um, a law firm that probably is extremely expensive uh, in a traditional sense. Like, and we were able to work in a different, in a different capacity. And so that was something that was like meant a lot to me. And so I had a lot of loyalty to, to this executive. Um, but when that deal um, when I felt like that deal wasn't going to happen, I, I expected her to not, um, follow through with me. And basically, um, I let her know. And obviously she was kind of bummed, but she was like, okay, who's next? Like, what else you got for me? Like, you've got, you've got your eye on everybody in this space. Like who else can we work with? And like the fact that she was like loyal that way and saw that like, cause I was, you know, really pushing for this talent, but because she, you know, she stayed loyal, like to us it helped like, I guess, solidify the fact that I was reputable and that I hadn't done anything wrong to the talent. Right. So for brands out there, if you're working with somebody on a deal and, um, you know, it's different, I guess, if you're just making a deal specific for a certain talent, but nine times out of 10, that's not the case. It's just a, a brand that's looking for a specific category of talent. Um, if you stay loyal to the manager or the, the agent or whoever it is that's like, you know, really presenting the, the opportunity, you know, that helps women in, in this space. And that helps just good people in this space. Because what happens is like, if, if the, if the talent gets validated by saying like, see, like, I didn't need that person, then it just sort of, it makes it, it makes for that type of behavior to continue, which it shouldn't continue. Right. Like if, if you're working hard for someone, you should be compensated. And I think that like, you know, if something doesn't work out or they don't like the way something's going with, with a management or something like that, instead of trying to solve that issue, they'll just be like, okay, whatever I'm leaving. And they don't even care if there's sometimes if there's an agreement in place or anything like that, they don't really care about the consequences. Um, and because most talent managers don't really want to go around suing talent and then potentially they just go around and like DM the brand or whatever. But I think that if there's some integrity, if like, you know, that integrity goes, um, if the brands are sort of understanding that that's what happens in, in the talent world, then there'll be less of this, like, Oh my God, like, what did, what did that manager do to this person? Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Cause it's like, 
anybody that's in business that's that's reputable, like you don't want to air out that dirty laundry to anybody anyway. You know what I mean? So I think just if everybody works at a, a capacity that's professional and that, you know, at least you give the the person that you've been working with a chance to say, hey, you know, these other people might might work in in place of that person. Um, instead of just like completely dropping the the creative person or the marketing agency or whatever. Um, people just have to understand that it's a very fickle market. The, the influencers are very reactive. A lot of them are super young, have never done any type of business deals. Um, and they're also just like extremely impatient. Like I've, I've had clients where I've had a bunch of big deals lined up to the point where like I'm turning in, you know, corporate to the corporate, um, like anybody that's corporate turning in um, vendor forms and getting approved in their vendor system can take sometimes three weeks, you know? And so, and so you want to tell the talent that they have the deal, but then the deal takes too long. All of a sudden the, the talent's like, Oh, you lied to me. And, and you know, this deal isn't coming. And so it takes a lot of patience. Like I understand why they feel that way, you know, because they don't really have any, they're not the ones talking to the brands and they're not seeing everything. And obviously you don't want the talent to, to see everybody that you're talking to them about, because if the, if the talent doesn't get picked for something that would be incredibly demoralizing to just hear every time you got passed up for an opportunity. But it's like, it's definitely like a fine line between telling them what's coming up in the pipeline versus like, you know, and, and, and not telling them anything. Um, so that's, yeah, that's what I've learned. But I think it's, I think it's good for the brands to understand that perspective. And then obviously like the managers, um, you, you know, you just have to be extremely patient. And I think, maybe some of the ways to, um, you know, uh, like I, I think the ways to avoid drama with talent is just to be extremely like upfront about it in the beginning of like, Hey, by the way, it's going to take, you know, X amount of time before you're really going to see X, Y, Z happen or, you know, um, you know what I'm saying? So just being like very transparent with the talent and, and like having a lot of things in writing because this age of generation, like they screenshot everything. They, you know, it's like they, they have like receipts as they call them. Like, so, you know, I think from a management perspective also too, you can't let your emotions um, come across like condescending to talent or that's one thing like I've learned is it, sometimes like you're just in the heat of the thing. And you're like, are you kidding me? Like I've just spent three months negotiating. That's what you want to say. Right. But, but you can't do that, you know, because, talent will take it a certain way and then they'll, then they'll have resentment towards you and you can't have that. So there's a lot of like, it's like marketing strategy, um, psychology, um, you know, business strategy, legal, like there's so many things you have to learn in this industry, um, that make it challenging. But like, if, if you stick with it, you know, you, you can be really successful in it. I, yeah, I, I don't get, don't get afraid because these things will happen and it's just a matter of learning, you know? They will. And all of those experiences probably will happen to, you know, a person who's in the, you know, managing capacity who's listening. Um, I can relate to so much of what you've say, you're saying. I'm sure people listening can relate to so much, if not every single thing that you just <laughs> said. Um, and, you know, I one thing that I, I really love that you were saying is just like you are more than your clients. Um, the thing is like in life is like there's there are things that you can control and there are things that you can control. And what you can control is the way that you run your business and the way that you conduct yourself and the lear and the things that you learn and you teach yourself and you educate yourself and, and the way that you grow. Um, and so, you know, look, like, again, like, 
talent will leave um, and, you know, business will be lost. And like there are negative sides of managing talent by far. Like those cannot be sugarcoated by any (laughs) stretch of the imagination. Um, But also it's so important to like look look, uh, look at, look around and like, see the community that you have built and, and say like, what have I done right? And what have I learned from? And what have I grown from? And, and, you know, who does, who would vouch for me? Um, and, and to what degree would they vouch for me? Um, and if there's room for improvement, which for everybody there probably is like, go ahead and improve. Um, but don't discount all of that incredible work that you've done because of one, two or a handful of bad experiences. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's like, it's, it's a lot of it is just like knowing, like we said, your self-worth and not like needing to, cause I remember like at times I'm like, man, I, I feel like I need to like, I do feel like I'm, I'm very good at what I do. And I'm, because I have a lot of experience like in this space specifically and because I'm on there like creating, you know what I mean? Like most of the talent managers are not like making TikTok videos and like somebody could look at me and be like, Oh my gosh, like, she's so weird. Like, why does she make TikToks? Like, is she trying to be like famous? And you know, the reality is that like, no, but I'm not trying to be, but if I can't work on the platform that like all my talent is working on and give them like some feedback about like, even just right now I'm working with the houses and I'm like, Hey, um, this is how Instagram, like the algorithm works. Like you guys all need to tag each other in the posts, like they go up for the, for the group page, because that will activate the other people's followings. And like, that's something that a lot of the TikTokers didn't even know. And so, you know, if, if I hadn't been in the space and like trying it myself, and that's why, you know, Gary V is, um, you know, I have a personal relationship with Gary, but like the principles that he taught, early on when I had a lot of time to just watch and like learn, um, have stuck with me. And it's funny because some of my most, um, successful creators like Jason coffee, and he has like, I think almost 20 million followers and his kids have like just about another, like probably 20 million followers. Like they live in Hawaii and he's like, you know, I raised my kids on Gary V and it's like, so that was like validating to me of like people that really understand the principles that he taught, you know, and I was watching Gary, like before anybody thought he was cool. Um, and same thing with like Spencer X. Um, when I met him, he's like, yeah, like I really, you know, I've been, I watch him and, and, you know, some of us that have watched Gary for a long time, it's like, you know, we, you kind of already know what he's going to say in a situation, but it's like when he's saying it, it, um, it holds a little bit more weight to people. But I think that like me personally, it's like important for me to be like, okay, as much as I admire Gary, Gary's not the only one, right? There's so many of us that have like learned and have experience and you have to like own that experience and, and not be like, you know, feel bullied by other people that have a lot of experience in like, let's say entertainment or, you know, these big bad agencies, like nothing against the agencies, but like just, you know, every, I don't know if I'm dating myself by, you know, mentioning like entourage, but like everybody knows like the Ari gold sort of like mentality and you like, you either love it or hate it, but that is sort of a, a, a stereotype of, of an agent, which like, you know, when I came to Hollywood, I'm like, well, I can see why they made that character because it is, you know what I mean? Um, and then it's like in that, in that show, E um, was like the hometown guy that like, you know, he really knew the, the, the actor, he really knew him, like what his roots and what he believed and what he stood for. And so um, there's, it's just interesting, you know, um, now with the different 
it's a different industry, but it's like very similar. Um, yeah, a hundred percent. And I, I mean, I don't know, you probably, well, you said you were 36, 38, yeah, 36. 36. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I think a lot of people even younger than you are watching Entourage and, <laughs> the, and, and the truth is if someone hasn't heard of Entourage, you should actually watch that show. It's a really, really solid show no matter what age you are. Um, it's, yeah, yeah, people. It's it's so funny how many like creators I meet, and and they they're like, hey, can you represent me? And I'm like, what's the difference between an agent and a manager? And they're like, I don't know. And I'm like, so you're you're try you want to hire me for something that you don't even know what the what what that person does. You know, I don't say it like that, but it's like it's interesting because they're trying to hire you, but they don't actually know what you're supposed to do for them. You know, mm, that's a good one. That is a very good point. Um, and especially I can, I can just imagine in a t- in the TikTok world, my management experience has predominantly been in the, been in the Instagram world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I can imagine there are so many differences between representing TikTok talent and talent on any other platform predominantly. Um, my assumption is that a lot of them are young, but like, I don't know, the, the, like educating myself on TikTok over the last many months is that like, it's not just young people at all. And I could speak as a straight up consumer. Once I started to explore TikTok, I was like, I love this platform. Yeah. <laughs> like my boyfriend and I will just sit on the couch and just like, we're like, where did the last hour go? We are just like going through all these TikTok videos and these are hilarious and these are great. <laughs> it's just like good content. But I will ask you and I feel like, you know, I, I will get comments from people listening to this podcast if I don't ask you a bit more about TikTok (laughs) as well. And so, you know, talk to us about like, what is a, like, let's just start at the basics too. Like give us a glimpse into a TikTok brand deal. Like some questions that I would ask, like what types of talent are most sought after? Like what does the negotiation look like? Like how much are these deals worth? And like, what do the results look like? Like just give us a glimpse into a TikTok brand deal. So I guess um, I could start with like the first um, TikTok uh, brand deals that, that I had experience in, um, which were very much, um, I think a lot of brands are still like experimenting with um, how to do TikTok deals. And I think like we worked with um, with a brand that that's um, like a very beloved like food brand. And they were like, they would come to the creator and be like, what is your concept versus so one of the things that tiktokers are really passionate about is sticking to the type of videos that they make so the algorithm and and also just the viewers that are used to seeing their videos are used to certain types of content so for example like um like uh, stephanie margarucci her, her at is beast eater on tiktok she has like bright green hair and whenever she does a song promo um, a lot of the times at least she does, she does these like prank videos. So she, she looks like the, the Grinch in the beginning. She's like making like a funny face, like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to prank somebody. And then she puts the song in the background and then she, you know, she buys something on Amazon. That's like a, a, a spoof, like, um, you know, prank gift or, you know, a, a rock that looks like it's heavy, but it's really just a piece of foam. And, and every time she does one of those videos, like it explodes, she gets a ton of, of views on it. And then, but then like a brand will come and be like, oh, who do you want to use for, or like not a brand, like a label will come, who, do you, who should we use for this like song promo? And I'll be like, oh, let's use her. And then they'll be like, well, can she do this trend that's like this way? And 
most of the time she won't take it because she knows that like if she doesn't do it in the way that that does really well on her page that it'll a do bad on her page and b like that the brand won't be happy but like you know the brands have to understand that um so they have to be flexible you know if you want the 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 goal is to get you the results that you want you know um i think like other things are just like if you're trying to if you're trying to almost force it too much it also doesn't work so especially like if you're if somebody's trying to um activate with an influencer at a lower rate than they would typically go for if you give the creator like an extensive creative brief with like a huge caption like they're just not going to want to do it at that rate so i was working with a brand that came out with a song that was I could tell that a creator was probably going to think it was a little bit cheesy and then the directive was like very specific they had to like throw a piece of fruit in the air and like I just didn't get it and like I know the creators didn't get it I mean it turned out like good like they ended up doing it and you know the creators find like a creative way to do it but you know the brand the brand was charged like the full price that that they could have possibly been charged because of that. So from a brand perspective, um if you if you have you know and and in that case they happen to do it, but sometimes the kids will just say, "No, I don't want that on my page." You know, it doesn't matter how much they're getting paid. So totally. And um and, and if if like honestly like I think the biggest thing is just to like listen to the creators cuz they want the best for their brand and also for your brand, right? Like they want the the deal to go well and they want to work with you again. So if like a creator is being like, "Hey, that's not going to do very well," or like a lot of people aren't going to like, you know, on TikTok the goal is to get a lot of user-generated content um from especially if you're paying a lot of money to get a hashtag campaign officially on TikTok, uh I would say that if you get feedback from the creators like early on, that's super important. And I've I have been on calls with brands that have um done a, like for example a deal with like Jason Coffee where they like got on the phone with him and talked through the creative that they were thinking about um and he was able to give them input on it and that was really cool to see and even from his side he's like I've had brands that have done that and then they ended up not working with me but they did the exact concept so it's just important to be um thoughtful about the creators because they're working as creative directors production, you know, coordinators, film filmmakers and and distribution channels all in one. And so if you if you look at what you're paying for, you know, let's say you're paying $5,000, if you're looking look at what you pay for for those individual things, like let's say you're, you know, you need a a a writer, a, a videographer, um an actor and uh you know, uh There aren't many faces people are excited to see first thing in the morning before they've even had their coffee. But the McDonald's drive-through workers who take your order on the way to work have almost all of those faces. Because nothing brings more joy in the morning than a 99 cents any size iced coffee. Pair it with a glazed full-apart donut for a truly great morning. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Only available until 11 a.m. Bottom up 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 a distribution channel and you're paying called 4 grand that's you're paying $1000 for each thing which is not a lot of money like you know I mean you would definitely you're getting 10 times the value of that um and and brands need to look at it that way i think
Yeah. Well, absolutely. Um, and just to have that perspective, it's just going to help them like having the perspective of somebody else who's part of the conversation is always going to benefit you what like yeah. hands down. Um, and so hopefully like listening to you, um, who's so much closer to the perspective of the talent will just benefit them in the long run. Um, so, you know, I've heard a lot of people in the group specifically say like, okay, we want, like if they're working for an agency, let's say, or even just internally in a brand, they're like, I want to be the one who convinces this brand to work with TikTokers, but I like I see the value there. I sense it, um, but like I don't even know how much to like how much TikTokers are commanding. Um, is there any sort of like range of sh- of rate structure that you could tell people um, to just like so as to reach out to somebody and essentially not insult them and and to also feel like you know I'm approaching you as like a, a, an educated person in this uh, industry and so you know this rate should be reasonable how are they basing the rates I think that it's very different depending on who you're talking to I mean there's a lot of probably politics also involved if you're talking about a really popular creator on TikTok in terms of just like, you know, they may be talking to another brand in the same niche that they're, um, if it's like, if it's a niche that's very popular, like, like beauty or, um, you know, something that's, that, that they were going to have to choose working with you. Like everything comes into play, like exclusivity, um, if, if it's like, you know, if it's very direct response focused, TikTok is tough because like, you know, there's no swipe up functionality. I would encourage everybody to any TikToker that they're interested in to ask them for their Snapchat statistics, especially if they're uh, verified on Snapchat right now. uh, Something that I'm learning from the Snapchat side is that there's very few, uh, I think there's like at the time, I don't know, it was like a couple months ago I talked to him, but it was like, there's like, yeah, like 4,000 verified users that they push a lot of content. They push their content out to everybody on TikTok or on um, Snapchat and only 2000 of them are um, active. And so the engagement, like I remember I got a couple of my creators on there and they were like, ah, I don't really use Snapchat. Like, and now they're like, oh my gosh, thank you for getting us on there because our engagement is crazy. Like, you know, people, I have a creator that has a hundred thousand followers on, um, Instagram and he gets 500,000 views on Snapchat with a swipe up functionality. Um, and so you like would never really know that, um, unless you, you know, ask for that data or, um, you were aware that a lot of the TikTok people have really high engagement. Like I got Addison, um, verified on, um, Snapchat. I brought her into Snapchat or Snapchat office and, um, some other creators. So, Definitely, that's kind of like, I guess, maybe like a little hack is that like if you are doing a direct response campaign, you could always activate on TikTok and then double down with a post, like with a couple um, frames on Snapchat and then um, with a swipe swipe up and then be able to reach some of your KPIs um, that way. That's so interesting. I don't hear Snapchat mentioned that often anymore. So very cool to know that it can really help here. Um, Especially because on TikTok, you don't really get to know the personalities of the people like that much. Like you don't get to like know what they're, you know, having for breakfast or whatever. And I think that's what Snapchat, um, you know, people use Snapchat in that way. Plus the creators use Snapchat to like talk to each other. So if you are versed in Snapchat, it's almost like 
you kind of know their lingo or you know sort of like what they're looking at every day. You can put yourself in the, in their shoes and see what's, um, you know, I guess what's relevant to the creators. Because, yeah, a lot of them use it to communicate with one another. And so what I've noticed for sure um, is – that if you want to find it like more about a TikToker and you go to their other social channels, like certainly their TikTok numbers tend to be the highest, but like by far. Um, and so Snapchat's cool. Like, are they, do, do they seem to be, is the strategy to also post on those other platforms? Like, are they still active on Instagram? Like, are they posting as much? Are they, do they realize that like there are, you know, every platform's a little bit different and so they can show, you know, a different part of themselves. Like what's the strategy? creative strategy a lot of them have um less followers on instagram but like super engaged followers like i um we work with this guy uh, his name's gage and his handle is air of atticus and i think his engagement rate is like 50 percent. like it's crazy and so um you know they're they're they have much more engaged followings on instagram what you can also do from brand side is like think about the value add that like your brand could bring to the creators. So I'm working with a company called pause and they, they really um, created their company by starting off with generating like a big Instagram presence and then started uh, selling. Uh, they sell like merchandise, like um, sweatshirts and, and um, clothes like that for dog lovers. And, they built a huge business just by doing that. So when I started talking to them, they're like, okay, well, how do we, how do we approach TikTok? And it, you know, our strategy there is just to have creators tag their, their TikTok page once we launch, um, without like a ton of direct response, um, you know, included in it, just, just, just to get the brand, um, some credibility on, on, um, TikTok. But one of the creators was like, cool. Like if I do, if I work with them, like, can they post me on their Instagram page? Cause they have like a million followers on Instagram, this company. So you can think about other things that are value adds, um, uh, for the creators, you know, it, especially like if you are doing a hashtag campaign with, with TikTok, like, um, they're going to be like on the top thing of, for that hashtag. And so that's like a valuable campaign. I think it's important for brands to, um, investigate, uh, the creators for TikTok instead of just like going with whoever like TikTok, um, might recommend. Um, it's important to like, think about if you want to build a good relationship with, um, with the, with the TikToker that you're, that you're looking at, um, you know, those hashtag campaigns are really valuable, especially anything that's like a fortune 500 brand, um, to build a relationship with, with that talent, um, and not, um, you know, and, and have it be like direct, like, you know what I'm saying? So like, a lot of the brands that I work with, because we're a management company, I mean, they're coming directly to the source. So they build, they, they're able to like build a closer relationship with the talent versus just like um, a transaction that's happening, like between TikTok and the creator and the creator never really speaks to the brand, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. And, and if you're, if you're paying that kind of money, I'm assuming like, I don't know what, like what TikTok, you know, I, there's no reason why TikTok wouldn't, shouldn't give you the direct access. You know what I'm saying? Totally. And, you know, speaking of direct access though, there's like a lot of controversy swirling around TikTok. Um, there's been some news recently, of course, how they've made some like key, huge U.S. hires. Um, so I think, uh, 
I don't know, um, to certainly make more of a, a, a statement in this in the U.S. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of controversy surrounding TikTok and, you know, it's Chinese roots and things like that and a lack of um, information sharing and um, and all sorts of things. But, you know, I do think that one of the key um one of the key things that is a reason why, you know, Instagram has been so successful in influencer marketing in particular, um, YouTube definitely, and some other platforms is because they've, uh, they've shared the analytics and the res- and therefore you can see the results and to be able to really quantify some ROI um, and really quantify um, the, the value spend here. Um, so I hope because I'm so excited by what you're doing and I, I think TikTok is such a cool platform for creatives and there's so much possibility there. I just really hope to see um, them be more transparent and share more stuff and just to be able to continue to justify um, the other end of the importance of using influencers because, you know, at least half of it, at least, is their creativity. But the other part has to be conversions and metrics and and reach and all of those things. So um, I really hope that they do that. Me too. Yeah. And I think that... I, we had a call with Gary V and, and some of our creators and he was saying that he, that they're going to be opening up the, the ad, ad buyer sort of, I guess the Facebook ad type of functionality that um, we've seen on other platforms um, on TikTok soon. Um, I think that will be really interesting. Uh, I also think that, um, yeah, you know, I think with any platform, there's just like a lot of mystery that goes around it. Like I remember, and, and, you know, people take it like, it's so funny because I remember we work with the Lopez brothers and they're like, TikTok hates us. Like they, they, they like ban all our videos. Like we, we started this trend and like, and it got taken down. And, you know, I think because TikTok has that like computerized, you know, whatever AI that has in there. And there's like all these like conspiracy theories, like creators like think that TikTok is like against them or like doing something. I think it's just, it's just an algorithm thing. Like, um, but I think one of the biggest thing is, is that I think that, cre- that TikTok needs to lean into its creators, just not make the mistakes. I think that like some other platforms did that, that because they didn't listen to creators, um, you know, the creators left. I also think it's important for creators to get on other platforms and, and move their audience. Um, we've been talking to Triller and to be completely honest with you, I'm like a little bit nervous. Like if forget about you know, promoting Triller on TikTok, which I'm not going to like, I don't even think there's a way we can do without breaking the TikTok rules. But like, even just having creators posting on there, like, they're afraid that potentially they could get, you know, in trouble or like, you know, not shown on TikTok because they're, they're going to be, they're going to be on this other app that's considered some type of a competitor but you know what i'm saying so there's like a lot of like underground like i don't really know what's happening but obviously we just want our creators to be on every platform and um because everyone is a little bit different i yeah. agree i think they do have to be transferred i mean i think they, they just grew so fast i can under i can only imagine what it was like because you know when they first and back in like august september october i could just call anybody at tiktok they would pick up the phone oh can you verify this person can you do this and now it's like, it's definitely some, some red tape, even like for me, which I, I'm like, Hey, I'm supposed to get grandfathered in, but no, now it's like, you know, it's totally different. I understand why, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it'll be interesting to see what happens for sure. 
Yeah. And we're just at the precipice of a lot of change happening. Like I feel it in that key hire that they made um, where it was a uh, guy from um, Disney and, you know, I'm hearing about larger companies um, about to be, you know, TikTok, like a TikTok trusted partner, verified partner. And, you know, there's a lot more partnerships um, happening. And I could only assume that with that access, uh, they're being granted uh, more visibility. How much visibility? <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. And I would just say like from a creator um, perspective, like I definitely think it's important to have, you know, whether it's people on your team consistently checking out like the free you page and like, and, and um, following or sort of keeping note, saving certain creators that you want to keep like tabs on, you know, cause it's, it's, it's really interesting. Like some of the creators that I just could tell, like had that, that it factor I'd followed at like 10,000 followers. And then the next thing you know, they've got, you know, 5 million. So I think that if you like trust your gut on a creator that you just like, keep it, you know, keep tabs on them. And then if you're a brand, you know, reach out to them, send them free product. A lot of these creators, you know, it's not, they're not like um, jaded, like some of the probably Instagram people are where they, they have enough free stuff, but like some of the TikTok people, like they, they appreciate that that's currency to them. Uh, and, and then also too, I would say, PR is currency to these kids, especially the TikTokers. Um, they can't get verified on Instagram without press. And that's, you know, that's something like a, a validation that they, that they want. Um, if you have uh, any type of, um, you know, I guess initiative that is um, press worthy or is a give back or, or that you're spending internal PR on, like, like make sure you let the creators know and make sure that you offer that to them because um, that will like, sometimes they might, they might heavily discount an opportunity. Um, you know, if, if that's an, a value add. And then the other thing I would say, just, I guess I never really answered your question about rates is like, look at whatever you're spending on a creator. You know, if you're doing it by a CPM, like on a podcast or how do you buy um, even like television or, um, you know, display marketing, display ads, like however you're doing it that way. Like, I think it's important to think about that for TikTok, especially cause you can see, you can see every view. Um, you know, some of the creators, like if you look at it from a CPM, they're getting like a penny CPM and it's like, you know, I don't think that the best thing to do is to go at your lowest rate. Like I think that what, what a brand if a, if a brand, a brand could save so much time by just coming with like almost their, their best offer. And then, and then you kind of eliminate a lot of the back and forth. You can just get it done. If you, I would say you're not going to offend someone by giving them your best raise. So if like, you think that the most you can spend on a creator is a thousand dollars, um, you know, present a thousand, like, you know, present 800 or a thousand because, um, the back and forth is just going to waste a lot of time for you. And then if you're comfortable already with a CPM that works out, just look at their page and look, say, okay, their average views are X amount. Just it's better when the brand comes, I think with the offer, because most of the talent that I work with, work with, we won't give a rate for, cause it's very, it's also specific on like what the creative is on all those sort of things. So it's best to just come and say, Hey, this is what I have to work with this is what I, what I think would be cool that we could do together. But like, 
you know, a lot of times the creator will come back and be like, okay, this is what I can, if you're going to give me a thousand dollars, this is all what I can do for your $5,000 or whatever. Um, and I would also say that if you're just looking to like, you know, put your toe in the water, that it might not be the best way to go. But I've been saying that since like the beginning of influencer marketing, like if you're not ready to spend 15 to 20 grand on a test, then you're not really going to probably move the needle very much. You know, I guess from my perspective is I work with mostly mid tier and macro influencers up to like super macro. I don't really, um, I know there's amazing partners in the micro influencer space. And I know there's, um, there's been some great success there, but that's not really what I focus on. Look, it's so good to hear that there are that many opportunities going around that like they're already treating this very much like a business and already having to um, filter through the amount of opportunities that are coming in um, and that the bar is high so that if a potential business partner comes to the table, um, no one's looking at it like, oh, these are just kids who don't know what they're doing on TikTok because there are people like Ari who are really looking out for them (laughs) and she's on top of it. Um, so, uh, and, and I just want to tease this out too. Um, we are going to be having an event, um, coming up, uh, in the, coming up soon, <laughs> um, that we're inviting, uh, people from TikTok on, and they're going to be speaking directly with our members. So there's going to be so much more talk about this, um, about TikTok. I'm excited to have learned more about you and your business and just how you worked with talent over the years. Um, So we asked this next question, this last question of everybody who comes on the podcast, super excited to hear what you have to say about it. The question is, what do you wish you had told your younger self that would have given you a personal or a professional advantage today? I would say, listen to the people that have nothing to gain but support you. Um, The people that are loyal to you and that, that you've known, you know, you've known for a long time. If they're telling you something, it's not because they're trying to tell you not to do something. It's like, it, you know, cause more often than not, I learned in my life, um, the hard way <laughs> I think. And there's a lot of people that now I'm like, man, I was so difficult. You know, I was so difficult. I wish I would have just listened to you. I'm sorry for being so difficult. And because, and it's funny cause now the creators that I'm working, I'm like, Oh my God, they're so difficult. And my, you know, my mom and like people have known me for a long time. They're like, Ari, they're exactly like you were. I'm like, I know that's crazy. <laughs> so I think it's, uh, it's just important to listen to people. Yeah. And still, and- still forge your own way and be bold <laughs> and take risks. And, 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 and if you're not going to listen to someone that cares about you, then, then just understand that you're, that you're taking that road, but respect everybody that you're listening to. Right. Because but yeah, more often than not, it's like, man, I wish I would have listened. <laughs> I love that. Just being able to have the self-awareness and the experience to, uh, <laughs> to see all sides of that is great. I would say one book I would recommend to everybody that's listening uh, because it really inspired me and is um, a book called Basic Black by uh, Kathy Black. She was, I think she was a CEO of Hearst Magazines. I read that book when I was like 18 or 19 and um just a lot of the principles in it, like certain things that I love that did stick with me or like beg for forgiveness before asking permission and like just other little, little things that stuck with me literally my whole life. And, um, but it, it, it's very, even though it's an older book, I guess it, a lot of the, the things in media you could compare it to. And anyway, it was a great book. So that's a little 
little tidbit. <laughs> I love it. That, no, that's so good. I love a good resource recommendation, um, especially in a, a book recommendation. So there's a lot of info in there and something that you've used for this many years. I can only imagine that uh, it's, it's, it's a really <laughs> cool resource. So um, I would love for you to be a resource to everybody else in this group. Um, I've really enjoyed our conversation so much and really, really genuinely appreciate you taking all this time. Um, if people want to get in touch with you and reach out, out um, and connect, what is the best way to, for people to do that? Um, prob- they can reach me at CEO at influences.com. And then I think I'm on every social media platform, little miss Jacob and, um, or at influences at influences, uh, all of those, um, handles and ways to get in touch. We'll link in the show notes for sure. Ari, thank you so much for being on thank today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And I would love to just Anybody that that needs support or a connection, uh, feel free to reach out to me. Take her up on that. Take her up on that. That's huge. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Thank you everyone so much for listening. If you liked what you heard today, don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast. We love comments. So comment on this podcast and we may shout you out on our next episode. Join us next time and thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week. Tune in next week. Do you know how many files your employees have uploaded, downloaded, emailed, airdropped, slacked, or shared via Google Drive today? A lot of that data has left your organization, and you don't even know it. Visit Code42.com to learn how Insider prevents data exfiltration.